It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko, along with your host, James Rapine. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Today, we're going to do some myth busting. We're going to get to some myths about what would happen if the Bengals drafted Penny Sewell and what would happen if the Bengals drafted Jamar Chase that are getting perpetuated that need busting. We'll talk about those later on in the show. We're going to get started with the new stripes announcement from the Bengals today. That was pretty cool. And because we're planning to talk to Dame Brugler for the podcast in the near future, we'll get a little bit of a preview. We're going to take a look at his seven round mock draft over at The Athletic today, at least a few of the picks and how well they line up with what our guy Malik Wright told us yesterday. But James, let's get started with new stripes. Monday, 9 o'clock, new uniforms, three shirts, three pants. What else did you glean from Elizabeth Blackburn's conversation with Dan Horde? That there was a lot of thought that went into this before a ton of people, and I think there have been some, like I've called for new jerseys for a couple of years now, really probably dating back to 16 or 17, thinking uh, about the new uniforms. But this was planned and put in action during the coaching transition. And Elizabeth Blackburn said that with, with Dan Hort on the Bengals Booth podcast that, yeah, they were about, and she was estimating about 70% of the way through this process when she got to Cincinnati and joined the Bengals last February. And this process is already 70% of the way done. That's crazy to me because I think when Joe Burrow was coming to town, it felt like, okay, new uniforms. And that's where this movement just started. And you started to see the mock-ups and you started to see rumblings. Well, it had been underway and they had been discussing it. And uh, the new stripes that are going to be unveiled on on April 19th, they were uh, really already under construction. So that's just one of the many details she laid out. There's now a Bengals new uniform release countdown timer, James, on Bengals.com. As we record this, four days, 13 hours, 30 minutes, and 46 seconds until the Bengals will be revealing those uniforms at 9 o'clock Eastern time on Monday goes hand in hand, I think, with that new stripes event giveaway, whatever that that prize package was, the contest they were running. Fans will be in this weekend, or I guess a fan at least will be in this weekend. And I would assume Chad showing up in that video, you'll you'll see more content from Chad Johnson's recent visit to Paul Brown Stadium when he dropped off McDonald's for Joe Burrow. <laughs> Might see some Mike Daniels content too. Mike Daniels, man, maybe the the biggest cheerleader out there for, for Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow now with Giovanni Bernard departed and, and landing in Tampa. There's also a Gio 
tribute video up at Bengals.com. But how about Mike Daniels' comments about how excited he is to, to play with Joe Burrow, just talking about him as if he's already one of the greats and, and the privilege that he sees it as for himself to just be there while Burrow blossoms. I, I can't think of a bigger supporter for Joe Burrow than, than the glowing, consistently glowing reviews he gets from Mike Daniels. It's a wise business decision because why not hit your wagon to a guy that you think is going to be great, <laughs> right? And two, I, I think Mike's being genuine. I've talked to Mike a couple of times one-on-one, and he is very much a no-nonsense type guy. He'll joke with you a little bit and stuff like that, but I, I don't think he's saying that just to uh, make Zach Taylor feel good or make Joe Burrow feel good specifically because he did praise Zach Taylor on Jim Rome's show, but it seems like every time he does any type of media appearance, he's just raving, like you said, about Joe Burrow. And so when you see that, it should make you feel good as a Bengals fan, right? And and you certainly hope that uh, what they do in the draft is going to make Joe Burrow's life easier and that his vision aligns with the coaching staff, aligns with the front office, and they can all uh, push forward here in their new stripes as they try to – can we cover a winning season, damn it? Locked on Bengals was founded in 2016, Jake. The past two years, you've covered six wins, right? They weren't much better when I was doing solo shows. It would be be really, really nice. We had Dan Hort on last week, and I was like, hey, you're, you have five winning seasons and five losing seasons as the Bengals, uh, the voice of the Bengals. Uh, c- can you break it here with a, a winning season? And uh, well, Locked on Bengals need, needs its first winning season. So it would be nice if it, it started in 2021. I can't tell you how much I would enjoy covering a winning season for this team. It would make the podcast a much more pleasant place. I mean, people know when they did win, we we love to praise the things that go right and talk about the things that go right. And it makes it a lot more fun to go back and watch the tape when there are good things happening. And, and you could talk about, okay, here's some really cool things schematically that happened this week that we really liked. Or here's a really cool individual effort that we saw where the technique was really good and we get to hype that sort of thing up and in the losses and and when they're playing poorly, those moments are fewer and further between. So I'm with you, James. I hope these new stripes bring in a winning season a little bit quicker than the last time the Bengals had a major Jersey overhaul in 2004. They went eight and eight that year, of course, in Marvin Lewis's second year before making that special run in 2005 before Carson's injury in the second year of those jerseys. Let's just hope that it's it's year one this time, right? And and there's some magic with the new stripes and the new energy around Paul Brown Stadium because this team could use a little magic, you know? It's, it's been a while. Coming up next, we talk about Dame Brugler's seven-round mock draft that he put up today over on theathletic.com. I got to tell you, James, I love, love the first three picks. And if it goes this way for the Bengals on Thursday and Friday of the draft in a couple of weeks, I'll be giving them an A, at least for those two days. You may love Dane Brugler's latest mock. He's going to be on the show next week, by the way. I love rockauto.com. You hear us talk about it all the time here on Locked On Bengals. You need car parts. You need to stay on the road. The weather's warming up. You're probably willing to do little maintenance things, at least with your car. Well, guess what? 
rockauto.com makes life so much easier. There's no need to mask up and go to these big box stores to watch Lou try to type in the make and model of your car. You can do that from the comfort of your own home and find so many different parts for hundreds of different car manufacturers. Whatever part you're looking for, I'm betting that rockauto.com has it. They've been in business for more than two decades. It's really easy to use. I've used it and you're gonna get the same reliably low prices that the professionals get at rockauto.com. So go there right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. James, we've been doing our own Mock Draft Mondays for the last, I don't know, couple months, I guess, on the Locked On Bengals podcast because it was draft season early. And at this point, I think everybody to listen knows I'm ready for the draft to get here. And that being the case, Dane Brugler, who does a momentous amount of work on draft prep every year, now for TheAthletic.com, puts out the beast every year, will have players in his draft guide, I guarantee you have never heard of, because he has players in that draft guide that I have never heard of. And I think I probably spend a little bit more time on this stuff than the average Joe or Jill but we've got a seven-round mock, James, and, and that's seven rounds of picks for the Bengals. And it would seem that Dame Brugler listened to our episode with Malik Wright yesterday. It would, because we talked about the really the first three guys in this scenario. Jamar Chase going to the Bengals with the fifth pick. Obviously, that was the headliner. And if you missed our interview with Malik, make sure you go check that out. But uh that's what Dane says. And he says, quote, if I were making the pick, the chance to upgrade the offensive line with Oregon's Penny Sewell would be the choice. But reuniting Chase with Joe Burrow is understandably enticing for Duke Tobin and Cincinnati's decision makers, which is uh, quite, quite interesting because we know that that's the debate that we've had that a lot of people, including the Bengals, have had over the past few months. And this is a Jamar Chase pick that comes with Penny Sewell still on the board, with Kyle Pitt still on the board in this scenario. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, and Trey Lance, the first four picks. If you care about things that aren't Bengals related, which is not why you listen to this podcast, I know, Dane does buy Mac Jones at number three, which I find quite interesting because I don't know if I'm ready to buy it, but Dane does. At the same time, he buys Jamar Chase at number five, which... I think is generally what you hear right now as, as league sourced people like Dane, like Matt Miller, who now does ESPN stuff and has his own website, like Malik are telling us what the Bengals are planning to do at number five. Matt Miller sent out his update in an email yesterday on Tuesday, I should say. And he said that since around the league at this point is that it'll be Jamar Chase at five. And then the next few picks, just just so you know, is Miami's staying at six, picking the next best pass catcher or maybe the best pass catcher in the draft, depending on your evaluation, and Kyle Pitts. 
And then Detroit takes Penny Sewell. So that's where the three guys go. If the Bengals want to trade back to nine, they're probably not getting any of those guys. And in this particular case, they're not even getting Rashawn Slater, who goes number eight to the Carolina Panthers. So if your team trade back here, obviously one of these guys, Justin Fields ends up going nine, would be picked at number five because somebody would be coming up to get the quarterback. So one of these guys would get pushed down. It looks like it would probably be Rashawn Slater by Dame Brugler's estimation. Going to round two, I love this pick, James. He's got Creed Humphrey going one pick before the Bengals at 38. And then he has the Bengals picking Landon Dickerson, who's one of my favorite players in the draft. He obviously has huge, huge medical question marks, but looks like a great athlete doing cartwheels coming a few weeks (laughs) off of that ACL surgery. And a really smart guy has the size you need, the savvy you need to play center. I think he could play guard as well. He has positional versatility. He played multiple positions at Alabama. And if the first two picks are Jamar Chase, Landon Dickerson, that would mean that Landon Dickerson has a relatively clean bill of health. If the Bengals are comfortable drafting him in the second round, I would love it. And that's the key. The the medical rechecks, the examinations, everything that Dickerson and a lot of these top prospects went through last week in Indianapolis. How did the Bengals doctors view him? And did they give him a clean bill of health? Do they project him to be ready and good to go by the the start of the 2021 season or by by training camp? And, And all of those things would be factors here. And here's what I'll say about Dickerson, man. This dude tears his ACL and the SEC championship has surgery and then somehow fights his way into uniform for the national championship game, goes out as one of the captains for the coin toss. And when the game's over, like decided, not completely over, there's still time on the clock. He's able to go out there for one of the kneel downs and get a snap because he he knew that that would be his last college football snap. So you're talking about a really, really tough kid. And uh, the cartwheels weren't too shabby either. I think that the character is probably sky high for him. The football character, especially. I mean, it's hard to know off the field. I imagine. I like to assume the best of all these guys. I imagine that the off-field character is great as well. Just for context, this is a pick for Dane ahead of guys like Sam Cosme, ahead of guys like Liam Eichenberg. Uh, Jalen Mayfield also goes in the second round. Quinn Miners also goes in the second round. And if you're wondering what wide receivers go around here, mm-hmm. well, maybe Penny Sewell makes sense in the first round if you can get Terrace Marshall in the second. Terrace Marshall here going at pick 41 to Detroit, who in this mock ends up with Sewell and Terrace Marshall. The Bengals could have those exact same two guys. So I find that to be uh, a pretty interesting pairing through two rounds, just a little bit of, of, of fun, fun balance, right? Would you rather have Sewell and, and Marshall, if you knew you were getting those two guys, or Chase and Dickerson? <sighs> That's tough because of the we don't know the Dickerson medicals, honestly. And I know I'm team Chase. He, here's the thing with Marshall. I don't think he's going to be there. And if he was and you guaranteed it 100%, it would make it much, much easier to pass on Chase because I've said this a lot, I think you can find offensive linemen that give you 80% of Sewell, right, in the second round or 85%. Well, Marshall could do that for you. I just, in, in a lot of mocks that I've seen, I've seen him go in that, that first round. And mostly guys, like talking to guys that cover the Ravens, I think that that's kind of their 
their plan. You know, multiple beat writers with uh, the the Sports Illustrated Network took him 27th overall in our mock. I think in in the Locked On Bengal or Locked On Podcast Network mock, Terrace Marshall went in the first round. So it's it's tough for me to see him there. But yeah, if you could guarantee he was there at 38, that would be a really really tough uh, tough combo to pass up Sewell and Marshall. If it plays out the way that Dane has it playing out, that's exactly what it would be. And Detroit would be landing that duo while the Bengals got the other pair. And so you'd be able to track their, I guess, their their progress or their careers in tandem on these two different teams because it, it is literally that that's who Detroit drafts in this scenario. But then in round three, I love, I absolutely love this pick for the Bengals. It's a guy we've talked about a lot. It's a guy that Malik mentioned. It's a guy that's been on our radar since... Tony Pauline back on March 21st wrote that the Bengals would consider him with the 69th pick. And that's Milton Williams, the guy that tested a lot like Geno Atkins had great pass rushing production at Louisiana tech. I I am, as everybody knows at this point, I believe Milton Williams, no matter what. And if they get Milton Williams in the third round to go with Jamar chase and Landon Dickerson, or even if you flipped it and you do the Detroit guys instead you, you do the Penny Sewell, Terrace Marshall, Milton Williams. I'm thrilled with either of those outcomes. It would be really ideal. I mean, you're talking about addressing your three biggest needs with guys that can fill them hopefully day one. And and that's uh, that's exactly what you want. And think about it like this. If they get, and let's just stick with Brugler's mock here, they lose A.J. Green in free agency or move on from them because obviously it was something they did. They part ways with Geno Atkins and you essentially replace them with instead of the fourth overall pick in green, the fifth pick Jamar chase fourth rounder in Atkins in 2010, a third rounder in 2021 in Milton Williams. Like that, that's how you get the the new era started and jump started. And Landon Dickerson, man, I, I think he could be a, a real, real player and a real problem. I mean, you, you talk about mock drafts and seeing where he goes, there are a lot of people in Pittsburgh hoping that the Steelers take that guy 24th overall. I've seen him go in some mocks. So that would, uh, if the board falls this way, it would be really, really ideal for the Bengals and certainly a home run after two days. We'll love the rounds one and two. Once we get into day three, I'm less familiar with these guys, but I'm not so sure about the players here, but Hey, I mean, Dane's got his evaluations. And like I said, he puts in a ton of work It's Joshua Kando the edge rusher from Florida state in the fourth round. I think the Bengals are probably more connected to Janarius Robinson, his teammate at Florida state, but I, I didn't actually notice where he was drafted. And then in the fifth round, our Darius Washington, a safety from TCU. I, I don't know about safety. I, I guess once you get to the fifth round, you kind of pick whoever's left on your board, whoever's high on your board. But I would be a little bit surprised if the Bengals draft a safety at any point this year. But again, on day three, I could see it. In the sixth round, Jamar Jefferson running back from Oregon State, Josh Ball tackle from Marshall, and then in the seventh round, Antonio Phillips a corner from Ball State. So running back, tackle, corner, all those guys trying to make the team, trying to add some running back depth where Geo has vacated and trying to find some depth in the offensive line and cornerback rooms with their last two picks. So day three aside where I don't know as much about these guys or, or I haven't seen them connected to the Bengals. The first three picks in this draft could absolutely turn into franchise cornerstones and, and you would need them to, if, if you wanted the Bengals to be successful in the near future. So 
if those were the picks, you would be hoping for the best, man. If that's what it is and it's May 2nd and we're doing our podcast, I'm happy. That's totally fair. It would be it'd be great because honestly, Jake, there's the the quarterback run and we've speculated that at the top of the draft and obviously it's going to happen now. But in a normal draft where it isn't quarterback, 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 quarterback. Jamar Chase is probably going before the fifth pick. And Dickerson, if they pick him at 38, probably have a round one grade on him. It's certainly not a low ground two grade because they'd pick someone else, right? Milton Williams, we've talked about him. If he somehow makes it to round three, how he's a no-brainer pick. So it's just a, a really, really good, uh, maybe not best case, but close to best case scenario for the Bengals. Up next, it's time to play the role of Mythbuster. Jake and I... Going to do a little myth busting here on Locked On Bengals. Jamar Chase, Penny Sewell. There's a lot of things out there. We're going to debunk two myths next right here on Locked On Bengals. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports action from NFL draft props to golf props. The Masters just happened and golf season is underway. They've got the NBA. You've got MLB action to bet on. They've got it all at betonline.ag, even reality TV shows. If that's your thing, they've got odds on reality TV for you. They've got props on almost anything you can imagine. They've got you covered for news, scores, odds, updated in real time. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Not only is it free to sign up, you can get a 50% welcome bonus right now on your first deposit when you use promo code Locked On. You can go on over to betonline.ag right now. And again, that's promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. It's time to be Mythbusters, Jake, as we look at this NFL draft season. And there's been a lot of a lot of narratives and a lot of stuff going on about Team Chase, Team Sewell. And so in honor of that, let, let's debunk a couple myths. First, let's start with the, the scenario that we've talked about a lot over the past day and a half, Jamar Chase at five. If the Bengals take Jamar Chase at five, there are a lot of people out there that say, you got to protect Burrow. He's going to get killed. And obviously that's a myth. Yeah, I think there's a couple things wrong with that argument. Let's start with just taking a look at Joe Burrow and the rest of the league in context. How many times was Joe Burrow pressured on a rate basis versus the rest of the NFL? Joe Burrow was the 15th most pressured quarterback in the NFL on a percentage basis in 2021. He got extremely unlucky that a guy fell into his knee. His style was to stand boldly in the pocket. I remember watching when he was at LSU. There were a number of plays when guys fell into his lower body when I was holding my breath and, and hoping he wouldn't get hurt. There were a number of times in the Bengals season before he got hurt where guys were falling around his legs. That's just part of being a quarterback in the NFL. But here are the, here are the quarterbacks that were pressured more than him. Sam Darnold, Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Deshaun Watson, 
Matt Ryan, Patrick Mahomes, Drew Locke. All of those guys, it's a lot of guys, face pressure more frequently than Joe Burrow. And yes, the Bengals did hide their offensive line at some point in the season, maybe more so than some of these other teams did. But the point is, compared to like Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones, who face pressure on 42 and 40% of their dropbacks respectively, Burrow's 32% of pressure dropbacks is manageable. I mean, that's 10% less pressure than Sam Darnold faced. And I mean, I think the Burrow has better pocket presence, but just looking at it from a raw stats perspective, it's easy to argue that, hey, Burrow got unlucky, man. He, he got unlucky. His style maybe of, of holding on to the ball, of standing in the pocket, made him more likely to take hits than some of these other guys. And, you know, Mike Jordan, pretty bad left guard. But that's the first thing I would look at when, when people say he's going to get killed. You just look at last year. If you think the offensive line is going to be as bad as it was last year, despite turnover at left guard, despite turnover at right tackle, despite expected turnover of right guard somewhere in the draft, even if it isn't day one, I feel like last year wasn't even really like that bad, despite how ugly some of the lowlights looked. And he was hit too much. We know that. And there were ugly hits and stuff that were were worrisome because I I think some are going to be like, oh, you forget. No, don't forget. But adding a guy like Chase is going to make it a little easier to get the ball out. To, to make game-changing plays and him not have to hold on onto the ball as long, just in general. So, so that's another factor here. Like this idea that Chase doesn't help that in a different way, well, he does. I, I think the other argument there, when, when you're thinking about Chase, and this isn't even where I was going to go next, I was going to talk about the offensive line a little bit, but when you add Chase, I think if you put Chase, Higgins, and Boyd on the field, it makes it a little bit harder for teams to stack the box and, and kind of muddle the the line of scrimmage the way some teams tried to do against Burrow last year. In the few games he was confused against Baltimore, against Pittsburgh, makes it a little bit harder. You, you have to account for a little bit more if, if Chase is truly the dynamic guy that we think he is. But the other point I was going to make, James, is there has been turnover on this offensive line. And and Joe Goodberry has a great thread about this. And, and you look specifically at Mike Jordan. He was a major problem for Joe Burrow last year. He led all guards in the NFL and QB hits allowed. He gave up 15 hits and three sacks and was obviously involved in the injury. Mike Jordan might get better this year, but barring that, the Bengals certainly don't appear to be banking on that. They've got, hopefully, Xavier Suofilo and Quentin Spain to play that position. Between those two guys, they gave up five hits and two sacks last year compared to Mike Jordan. Pretty comparable amount of snaps between between the two of them. So I think you're getting a little bit better at left guard by getting to, even if they're just below average, that's better. At right tackle, Bobby Hart gave up eight, hit, eight hits and four sacks last year. Riley Reef gave up seven hits and one sack. That's better at right tackle. I'm not going to say that they have a solution at right guard, but if you draft Penny Sewell and you start him at right guard, that certainly helps. You can also get a right guard in the second round, just like Landon Dickerson, like we just talked about. At left tackle, you you hope that Jonah can stay healthy, that you don't have guys falling into his knees because there's poor communication on the offensive line and they don't pick up a stunt well. And so you hope that Pollock can get things better up there. You hope that you know Jonah's going to be healthy and, and you can't really expect him to get hurt. I know that his injury history is what it is, but 
I don't think that he's a chronic injury kind of guy at this point in his career. Riley Reef helps. Trey Hopkins is on track. Suofilo in Spain help. They need something at right guard. Do you, do you want to spend your first round pick on, on a pressing need at right guard? The way the Bengals clearly don't value the position? Well, I, I don't know. I think you spend resources there. I don't know if it's your fifth overall pick, though. All right, Jake, let's switch gears because there's a, another myth out there. And this is one that I I think some are are putting out there in favor of of Chase and somehow against Chase at the same time. And I, I don't know. Either way, it has to do with Sewell. And it's also against Sewell. And it's pretty simple. Some people think that if you draft Sewell, it might be the better long-term play. But it's not it doesn't make the Bengals better in 2021 Then in 2021. It's, it's such a, a no brainer that chase is the pick to me. Yeah. Chase is, could have an instant impact. Look across the, the league, right? Justin Jefferson last year in Minnesota, like he can make a huge impact. And that's part of the reason why I'm in favor of taking him at five at the same time. I think Penny Sewell can have a huge impact in 2021 for the Cincinnati Bengals. I think playing him at right guard could open things up for a Joe Mixon, could open things up for a Joe Burrow and impact his life because he's at right guard next to Riley Reef. Or maybe it's flipped and Reef is your right guard. Either way, he certainly helps the Bengals win in 2021. And I don't get these people that say that. That's not going to be the case because I just think he's too talented and too good, even after a year off, to not have a pretty big impact, especially compared to what the Bengals have had in the trenches in years past. Yeah, there's this idea out there that Penny Sewell is too raw, needs too much work, you know, to to be a year one contributor in the NFL. And I just don't think that's quite true. I, I don't think the technique is as much of an issue as some others. But hey, I don't know as much about offensive line as some others. I just think that, you know, he was doing that at 19. He didn't face the greatest competition, but you know, there's games against Auburn. He, he faced Joe Tryon, who I think Dane Brugler just put in the first round of his mock draft. So it's not like he faced a bunch of nobodies, but you know, he wasn't facing sec competition. So I get that, but I do think he's an immediate contributor at his size with the amount of work that he's put in. I don't really have any questions about that. This idea that he's not going to help you right away because he's not ready for the NFL, I think is a bad faith argument. Just like I think that it's a bad faith argument or at least a not very well thought out argument that if you don't draft Sewell, you're you're putting your quarterback at risk or it's malpractice. That's just, this is not the way it works. Uh, so I, I do have a hard time with, with that argument as well. I mean, you could, you could also, just, just to take this another step, James, if, if that were true, you could apply that to Jamar Chase as well and say, you know, he, he didn't play for a year and his route running needs work. And, you know, his, his bread and butter in college was bullying guys and being physical and not his size. Maybe that won't translate right away. Maybe he'll need to learn to run routes and, and to be a better separator on, I think he's a really good separator vertically on deep balls, but in the intermediate game and need to get better out of his breaks. You can make that same exact argument for Jamar Chase if if it were true for Sewell. But the thing is, I just don't think it's true for either of them. I think regardless, they're much, much better. And and that's where you're at, right? You, you've you kind of went back and forth, back and forth, and now you're kind of like 51-49 either way or 50-50. Um, and I get it because they're both really, really good players. Um, obviously I, I keep referring to it. We know where I lean, but 
of course, Sewell makes the Bengals better in 2021. And as much as anything, I think it's more about value and what else is in the draft than simply, oh, Sewell doesn't help them in 2021. It's the other way. Sewell helps them, but where else can you get help later in the draft? And that's kind of the the impact of things a bit. Yeah, I think that that's probably fair to say. And for me, it really does come down to what happens in the second and third round. The Bengals have put themselves in this position where they need their first three picks to contribute, their first two picks especially to contribute in a big way. Their third pick needs to be a rotational piece that they get something out of this year because they haven't, in my opinion, done enough on the defensive line to improve the pass rush. They didn't get a wide receiver. They still have a hole in the offensive line. So there are still veterans out there that they could bring in in the post-free agency, uh, the, the, the second wave of free agency, I should say, or the post-draft wave of free agency as well. But where they are right now, the, the second and third round picks, to me, are more important than the first round pick. Like, you take Sewell, you take Chase, you're getting a lot better at those positions. But regardless of that, what, what you do in the second and third round is going to be what I think makes or breaks this team unless there's some move for a veteran or a trade or something that we haven't caught wind of yet. So that's kind of where I'm at and is why I'm so close to the middle, James, because I think either way, what's not talked about enough, in my opinion, is how important the second and third rounds will be this year for this team, especially in 2021, the way they've set themselves up. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I know everybody has their own take. Civil War Part 2 is happening right now over on Ace and Zim's channel on YouTube as we finish recording this episode. But we'll be back tomorrow for the weekend mailbag. So you've got burning questions or comments or thoughts that you'd like us to comment on. Make sure you follow at Lockdown Bengals on Twitter and get those questions ready when we ask for them tomorrow. Until then, Bengals fans, who day? Have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.